Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 26 of my Raising Young Athletes podcast. This is the second of five episodes in which I'm exploring the do's and don'ts of sport parenting. In other words, what sport parents should and shouldn't do with themselves, other parents, coaches, and their children. The topic of today's podcast is do with other parents. When you sign your children up for a sport, they're not the only ones making a commitment. Instead, you also sign yourself up for a commitment of time, energy, and money. In doing so, you're joining a club of its own comprised of other sport parents. Aside from school, your children's athletic lives can become the focal point of your family's lives and a nexus of your own social world. So what can you do to fit better into that world of youth sports? First, make friends. You will be around these same parents at a minimum for a season and at a maximum for upward of a decade or more if your children make a long-term commitment to their sport. Because of the ongoing presence of much the same group of parents for such an extended period of time, I encourage you to actively build friendships with other sport parents. When you build a strong network of like-minded sport parents, you'll have more fun, feel more deeply connected to your children's sports participation, feel supported during difficult times, revel together in the high times, commiserate collectively during times of struggle, as well as share practical responsibilities, such as driving to practices and competitions. You should also volunteer. As I noted in a previous episode of Raising Young Athletes, youth sports are driven by parent volunteers who fill so many vital roles that enable it to function, including coaches, managers, fundraisers, event organizers, officials, referees and umpires, timers, the list goes on. When you team up with other sport parents to volunteer for the many roles and responsibilities that exist in youth sports programs, it serves several purposes that benefit your children. You become more connected to their sport, which sends a message that you care enough about their involvement to devote your precious time and energy to their athletic lives. You certainly enjoy yourself more. You learn more about their sport, and in doing so, you can make better decisions about the path that your young athletes might follow in the sport. Lastly, you send the message to your young athletes that, though the sport is theirs, you are fully there to support their participation, efforts, and dreams. From the Welsh political activist, Elizabeth Andrews, volunteers do not necessarily have the time. They have the heart. Also, police your own ranks. Having been around youth sports all of my life, as a young athlete, a sports psychologist, and as a parent, I can attest to the fact that the vast majority of sports parents are well-intentioned and typically do what is best for their children. At the same time, there is always a minority of parents, unfortunately quite vocal, who can step outside the boundaries of what, what is considered appropriate and healthy by most sport parents and act in ways that are misplaced and potentially harmful to young athletes. I believe that it's up to the parent community of your children's sports to play an active role in policing their own ranks, both in preventing and reacting to objectionable behavior on the part of some parents. For example, insulting officials, yelling at their children, or fighting with other parents. The first step in policing your own ranks is to provide clarity to the parents in your children's athletic community about what is acceptable and unacceptable behavior. An effective orientation as parents enter a youth sports organization and ongoing opportunities for parent education are both helpful tools for detailing what is considered appropriate and inappropriate conduct in the youth sports setting. 
practical guidelines, and the development of a sport parent code of conduct that parents must sign makes clear how parents are expected to act and what is not allowed at practice and competitions. These preventive measures can also be useful when sports parents transgress. Rather than these parents being able to plead ignorance in defense of their behavior, a public code of conduct and clearly stated guidelines can be referred back to as reminders of what they signed up for and what will and will not be tolerated. Such materials can be developed and disseminated with a particular youth sports program, established with a local league, or offered by an organizing association, such as an Olympic national governing body. Also, when a tight-knit community of parents has been created within a team, a healthy culture of sport parenting can exert pressure on its members to act within the accepted norms of behavior. Additionally, this connection and cohesiveness enables willing parents to gently confront the offending parents and remind them of the code of conduct, the harm that their behavior can cause on their children, and what the parent community expects of its members. If this parent-to-parent -parent enforcement isn't effective, then parents have a right to report the inappropriate behavior to the youth sports program's administrators. They may have the authority to threaten sanctions as a means of curbing the unacceptable behavior and encouraging adherence to the agreed-upon norms of suitable behavior. Sanctions might include being banned from competitions or, in a worst-case scenario, kicking their child off the team for the bad behavior of their parents. From a sign outside the Pleasanton, California Little League fields, reminders from your child, I'm a kid. It's a game. My coach is a volunteer. The officials are human. No college scholarships will be handed out today. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 26 of my Raising Young Athletes podcast. And be on the lookout for episode 27 in the near future.